you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, open our ears and our minds and our hearts to the word you have for each and every one of us this day. And as I, your servant, stand before you, I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. As we started this series last week, When Pigs Fly, we talked about the four different types of of miracles that we can experience with God. And last week we started with miracles of deliverance. And we also described how there could be miracles for protection and miracles of provision. But tonight we're going to talk about one of Jesus's specialties. And that was miracles of healing. And it's a very difficult topic in the church because we've all been ruined by televangelism, amen? We've all been ruined by faith healers who would actually scam people as they would go from, from city to city. And because that's been so much a part of the culture that we have experienced since the, you know, the Second Great Awakening, we in America are extra skeptical of healing. And it turns us into um, people who always want to see what's the angle. Is it really true that this is a miracle? Or is it something that we are being scammed about? Um, So we we can come at it as people who naturally have that skepticism within us. Yet we have wonderful examples throughout scripture of Jesus bringing physical healing to people. Not just for small things, but large things. And the story that we talked about last week was one of a young man who had demons thrown out of him. Um, and, And that was something that was immediate as Jesus dealt with that need. And certainly in our story tonight, that's what we're also seeing. The immediacy of how this work of healing took place. I can think back to probably the first example in my own life of of being introduced to healing by faith. Because I I don't know, maybe, maybe you won't believe this about me, but even as a kid growing up in the church, I kind of thought, really, is this stuff for real? I don't really know that I believe in all of these stories that I hear about people. Because people would sometimes get up and give testimonies, and I'd say, really, do you think you were really healed? I mean, wasn't it just really good medicine? But when I was in the fourth grade, I was in the shepherd's choir, and we had a choir in the church. And one of the guys in the choir, who was a year younger than me, um, was about to go in for surgery. And everybody in the church was praying for him because he had a hole in his heart. And it had been there for a long time. And the whole church, the whole community, everybody was lifting this boy up in prayer. And the day he was supposed to go in for the surgery, they did one final ultrasound to see where it was supposed to happen, where the incisions needed to be, everything that needed to take place. 
and the hole is gone. And we heard that story, and we were like, really? I mean, he didn't have to have the surgery. The hole was gone. And we can look at lots of different examples of, of why that might happen. Oh, because he was a growing boy, and it just so happened that he had the right kind of growth spurt. I don't care how science can explain it. For my nine-year-old self, I thought, wow, God did something in, in this kid that I know. And it's not just someone I'm seeing acting out on TV. It's not just something that I'm witnessing um, through stories of people far away and from the Bible that happened thousands of years ago. This is a kid who sits in front of me in the choir and God did something in his life. So these stories, they, they happen. And we may all think about examples of when we've been touched by some act of, of healing in our midst. And I'll get to another one in a little while, but I want to look at the scripture that we have for tonight. Because we have a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years. Now, she hasn't been completely bleeding, because commentaries will say if she had bled ceaselessly for 12 years, she wouldn't be alive after 12 years. They didn't have transfusions to give. They couldn't, like, bulk, give her more fluids. And, no, she, but she had been experiencing this problem with blood for 12 years. And it's a really interesting parallel that's happening in this story, because we don't read the larger part of where it falls in the gospel. But at the same time that this is happening, Jesus has been asked by one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus to come because his daughter is dying and she is 12 years old. So there's that parallel that we find in the gospel message. Um, but this woman who had, had been experiencing this problem with blood, she had been under the care of many doctors. And that tells us something about her, because in, anti in antiquity, you didn't just go to urgent care. Only the wealthy, only people of high social status had the ability to see a physician. Physicians had kind of uh, varying degrees of credibility within the community, but it was still something that was a resource for people who had means. But what we find with this woman is that in those 12 years, as she'd been seeking out doctor after doctor, um, it was not helping her, and it was exhausting all of her resources. In fact, um, the, the theologians Harrington and Donahue say this about her. They say she's physically ill, she's ritually unclean, and near impoverishment. And at this point, neither religion nor social standing offers her much help. She can't go to the synagogue. She can't go see the priest. Because under the Levitical laws, if you are bleeding, you're impure. And that is not just something you hold to yourself, but it's kind of like those games that you play on the playground where you play with cooties or the cheese touch. If you ever watch Diary of a Wimpy Kid and you pass it. People didn't want to be touched by those who were unclean because that would also render you unclean. Then you couldn't go to the temple. You couldn't go to worship. So people just really wanted to stay as far away from her as they possibly could um, because of this problem that she was having. 
but she's at the end of her rope. She has no other option, and she knows that Jesus has been able to heal. Remember, the word of the, the healings that were taking place everywhere Jesus went was traveling all over. And as people would go, these crowds would press in on him. And as he is in this crowd being pushed toward Jairus and trying to get away so he can go to Jairus' house, Jesus feels the power go out of him. And he, say, he notices that. And he looks around and he says, who touched my clothes? And everybody's like, Jesus, look at all these people. We don't know. We don't know who touched you. How do you even know someone touched you? Everybody's touching you. But Jesus knew that he had been touched in such a way that the power had gone out of him. And this story is one of the ones that is so important to the Gospels, the whole Gospel scope, that it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All three synoptic Gospels have this story of this woman. And it doesn't tell us this in the Mark account or the Luke account, but I really like that in Matthew, one of the things it says is that Jesus saw her. Jesus saw that woman in her need. Because here in, in Mark, she comes before him and she is full of fear and trembling. And she fell down at Jesus' feet and told him the whole truth. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Is she's, she's recounting this entire story. And it was such a moment for her that she recognized immediately in her body that she'd been healed. It wasn't like a go home and, and see how you are in a couple days, maybe to be better. She knew at that moment that she was healed. And if you think about a time where you have been sick or you have been injured, it's often just so hard to pinpoint a moment where you turn the corner and you know that you're better. But for her, there was no question. She knew that this was that she was completely healed. It reminds me of a, a man who was part of my congregation a few years ago when I was still in Frederick. And this particular man... Um, is a world-renowned physician who actually works for NIH. And he had several ailments that were part of him. He had, a, um, he had been a, a major researcher in the field of HIV and AIDS and actually became afflicted on, in the research field when he was working in some very difficult places in the world. And he had this other illness that was coming as, as part of that and he was undergoing this experimental medicine protocol that was actually being named after him. And in the midst of this protocol for a problem that he was having, there was all this swelling that was going on in his legs that he couldn't get rid of. And so he was trying a, a different form of chemotherapy and some other therapies with medication as part of his protocol. And I was checking in with him one day, and I, and I said, how are you doing? How, how are you feeling? And he said, Pastor Melissa, last night, I w 
went to a prayer service at this other community. And a woman who was a faith healer prayed over me. And he said, today, I'm all better. My leg, the swelling, it's, it's all gone. And we were kind of laughing about that. We said, well, what are you going to put now in your paper? Because you're going to have to put an asterisk in the protocol. Because while you've used all these therapies that you've been experimenting with and you've had these clinical trials going on, you're going to have to put an asterisk that said, ultimately, the doctor was healed by faith. God does that. God uses people to bring the power of the Holy Spirit to work in the lives of people who come before him. And the problem is we, we want that to happen for everyone, but we can't decide who God is going to heal. But as people of faith, what we can hope in, what we can trust, is that it might not be that we're healed, but I'm sure going to try. And I would rather breathe my very last breath knowing that I had faith in the God who can heal and can make me complete. I'd rather just, just believe that, whether I experience it in this life or in eternity, that our God is a God who heals. When Jesus saw that woman as she came before him and knelt down and fell at his feet and looked at him, and told him the whole truth about what she'd experienced. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. Jesus gave her two things there. He's giving her a blessing to continue to go. And he's also giving her a prayer for shalom, for wholeness. So he's asking a prayer for her, for her and offering a blessing so that as she goes to the rest of her days, she can be someone who testifies and shares the story of what God has done for her. And as we are God's people, the thing that we have to carry with us when we've experienced God's power this way when we have seen healing that has come because of our faith, and whether that's healing of our minds, our bodies, our spirits, whatever kind of healing that is for us, we have to go forward as people who proclaim that it has come because of our Savior, because of the work of Jesus Christ. We have to give credit to the great physician sometimes. When we can say that we can't explain how healing could happen, except that it must have been from the one who, who knows every single cell within our bodies and who knit us together, even within our mother's wombs. When Jesus leaves, he doesn't stop the healing. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is, is his power is not finite because he's going to go to Jairus' house even when everybody's saying that there's no hope because the daughter has passed away. And he's going to go into her room and say, little girl, get up, and she's going to be raised. So there's plenty of Jesus' power to go around. It's not finite. It does not go away. And all of us 
you approach even to touch the hem of his garment. You have the faith to go toward our Savior, can be met with these blessings and this promise that it is our faith that brings healing, that we can go in peace and be healed from our disease. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we thank you for the gospel witness that we have that can speak of times that Jesus has done miraculous things. We pray for those in our community who need to experience that kind of healing, who need to have their afflictions ceased, who need to know that you offer not only your blessing, but also your peace. We pray right now for those in our community who are in recovery from surgery, who are facing illness, who are met with uncertainty about their courses of treatment. And as we bring all of these individuals before you, we pray that we will all experience your shalom, your peace, as we live as people of faith, no matter what we face in this life. And may all God's people say, Amen.